salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commission, with a lot to touch on for this evening. We are wrapping up week five of the NFL schedule. And as we are talking, it is the Indianapolis Colts trying to keep it a game behind the the uh, division leading Tennessee Titans. I want to, you know, actually, I should shout out the Colts because I have the Colts winning the division. So I think it's only right that I at least extend that much to the Indianapolis Colts and what they're trying to do. But th- this show is going to be. It's going to be a great show, but it's going to be a fairly emotional show for me. A lot to talk about, a lot to touch on, but I want to go right into the specifics of week five. A lot to really catch up on, but I'm going to condense it to just a few points I wanted to make. And I first want to give props and show some love to some rookie quarterbacks that are finding their way through the NFL. Slowly but surely, it was meant to be these quarterbacks have been talented for so long in college. They've gotten a lot of recognition during their times in their respective colleges. And when you look at Mac Jones and the body of work that he has in front of him, nothing about Mac Jones should wow you outside of the poise that he brings to the offense. But I like the fact that Mac Jones is playing Mac Jones football, meaning I don't think he's going out there to try to emulate anybody. I don't think Mac Jones really feels as though he has to try to look like a certain player or to play a lot like Cam Newton played. Mac Jones is playing his style of play. He's playing his game of football, and he looked fairly impressive against a very lowly, weak, uh, horrible, (laughs) terrible (laughs) Houston, Texas team. I'm trying to keep my composure. I'm sorry. But they struggled with Houston. And, and, you know, for what it's worth, Houston is still an NFL team and franchise that is in need of a win as well. And I think when the two teams got together, no one would have thought that the Patriots would have such a hard time against that Houston defense. But what I realized about that Houston defense, they're run by Lovey Smith. Shout out to Lovey Smith. I hope he's listening to this podcast. I'm a huge fan of Lovey Smith during his time with Chicago and I believe he had a stint with the at the time he was the St. Louis Rams I I know Lovey Smith has been in the program the NFL program for a long time and he was in the Super Bowl that year with the Chicago Bears and the Indianapolis Colts was Tony Junji and Lovey Smith uh the two black coaches making history that evening. And, and so since then, you know, you, you wish for Lovey Smith to come back and you were hoping that maybe he'll make his return back to the NFL and he has with the Houston Texans. I want to credit the way that the Texans defense has been playing a large part because of Lovey Smith. But I think we all know that that team really needs to improve by leaps and bounds, as I say on um you know from from the first from the front four to the secondary and they're a good defense not great nothing outstanding the record speaks for itself uh there's just a lot that needs to be improved with that team hopefully they'll get on track somewhere mid-season usually that's how it goes they start off rough but then finish smoothly so just just for lovey smith's sake i hope that uh, he can somehow improve that team there with Dave Cully as head coach. Um, Want to show some love and give some respect, some props to Justin Fields. We've talked a lot about Justin Fields and his 
coming out party, so to speak, with the Chicago Bears. They have finally decided to make him the starter of the season. And, you know, I, a lot a lot has been on the fence with Justin Fields, along with the organization, along with Matt Nagy, the coach. And, I, you know, I think Matt Nagy, and I've said this before, I'm in defense of Matt Nagy. Uh, I, I firmly believe that he did not want to put Justin Fields in any position that could hinder his performance and the progressions throughout his uh, football career there with Chicago. This is going to be the franchise quarterback for this team. Barring anything else that should happen to him, be it injury or what have you, Justin Fields will be the face of the Chicago Bears for years to come. And he played against a fairly decent, pretty good Las Vegas Raiders team that just lost to the Los Angeles Chargers on Monday night. So perhaps they had the advantage going into that game with the Raiders' short schedule. And Justin Fields didn't really have an an outstanding game, very vanilla, but he was able, he was able to uh, rear that team to a victory against the Raiders. That defense uh, was probably, I'm talking about the Raiders' defense, one of the top defenses going into that game against Chicago. But keep in mind that Chicago's defense is nothing to sneeze at either. I mean, I, I don't know where they may sit in the top 20 at this point. But I know Khalil Mack had something to prove against that team. I knew it was something personal that he probably had against John Gruden, the now former head coach of the Raiders, and I'll touch on that later on the show. But this was the Bears' game to win. They were not, they might have been favored to win, I can't recall, but nonetheless, they went out there, guns blazing. They were able to manage the ball, able to run the ball. Damian Williams gives them a touchdown. Defense does a good job of shutting down Derek Carr, one of the top passing leaders in the NFL thus far after five weeks. Held them to a little over 200 yards and no touchdowns. This was a good game for Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. It puts them a game behind the 4-1 Green Bay Packers, of which I'll touch on in a second. But I just want to show a little bit of love to these rookie quarterbacks. I understand this is tough for them. And even when Justin Fields got hurt, he hyperextended his knee. I think he might have missed a, a play before he ran back out in the field. He did not want to be denied this opportunity to be the head head or not head coach, but he wanted to be the starter of the Chicago Bears. He didn't want to sit down. He didn't want uh, Andy Dalton to go back out there and take his position, knowing that Andy Dalton is right behind him to go back out there at any at any point. Uh, within the season so needless to say Justin Fields this is his team to manage this is his team to run maybe Matt Nagy wanted this or maybe he didn't maybe he sees that his job is on the line his job is in jeopardy and he can't afford to do something that will put him in a further deeper hole than where he may be right now with this team it probably helps that they're three and two going into the week six but it's still the fact that they won against a decent and good Raider team. I want to, of course, acknowledge the teams that played so well on Sunday. And and, and maybe so well may not necessarily define the way these teams really played. 
because when you're talking about the way that the Chargers play, we talk about the way the Green Bay played, we talk about the way Arizona played, we talking about the way the Buffalo played. These are teams right now that are sitting pretty top of their divisions. And these games are not blowouts outside of the, of the Buffalo game. These games are relatively close. These are one possession games that could have gone either way. But what we got from Green Bay and how they played, they won four straight. They started off rough against the Saints. We all thought that the Saints were going to be the team to go to the playoffs, what have you, with Jameis Winston. And then nobody knew, outside of maybe Green Bay themselves, that they would turn around and win four straight. And the game they had against the Bengals could have easily gone in the Bengals' favor. But it just so happens that when you're talking about Green Bay, run by that man, that man, Aaron Rodgers, you have a good opportunity to win such a game, even though that Bengals defense was really putting a lot of pressure on them. Devontae Adams has over 200 yards receiving and a touchdown. Of course, the kickers, I'll go into that in a second. What can we say about kickers? If you ask me, they're probably getting paid too much money. <laughs> but I digress. I'll touch on that in a second as well. Great win for Green Bay. They need to stay ahead in that division with Chicago now on their tails. Looking at Arizona, what really troubles me about Arizona, there's one thing that really troubles me about Arizona is the fact that when you're talking about quarterback Kyler Murray, I think a lot of us really believe that Kyler Murray can't do anything wrong, but he really struggled against the division foes with the San Francisco 49ers, and that's probably to be expected. But he looked to be a lot more relaxed against the Rams than he did against San Francisco, and he was playing at home. So I don't know what the situation was if they changed up the game plan for him on Sunday against San Fran, but he struggled to go out there and score. He throws a touchdown, and he has a little 300 yards passing, to my understanding, but it's still the fact that he struggled against that defense. And, and, and for what it's worth, you know, it, the 49ers defense is probably a notch or two better than Seattle's defense. But it's just amazing how when you look at Kyle and how he played against the Rams, you would have thought he would have struggled against the Rams the way he struggled against San Francisco. But still, young team, young squad, I think they're still trying to find their own on offense. I'll give it to Kyler for managing a great game. He finds uh, my boy DeAndre Hopkins late in the game for a touchdown. Of course, I got him on my fantasy squad. Come on, D-Hop. I need more points out of you, partner. I hope you're hearing this because I need you to score some more points. But I know with time, he'll be just fine. But Arizona finds a way to win and keep themselves at 5-0, and oh, the only undefeated team in the NFL right now. Impressive. It is impressive. I'm not going to front 5-0 and oh for this organization. Something that hasn't been done in a long time since their days, I believe, in Chicago, from what I heard. When they were the Chicago Cardinals before they went to St. Louis. They were 5-0. and So let's give Arizona some props for doing a great job thus far. I also want to show some love to the L.A. Chargers. Go Chargers, go. They improved the 4-1 and top of that division with the loss to the Raiders. What can I say about Justin Herbert I haven't said already? This man, this, you know what? I still have Josh Allen 
as my number one quarterback in this in 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 the NFL league in the season for this season I'm trying to say I still got Josh Allen's number one but what I really didn't do is I didn't give Justin Herbert any thought and I put so much thought into uh Ryan Tannehill and and, and how he was going to have a great season and you know what I overlooked Justin Herbert that's my bad that's my mistake I I probably should have put him in my top 10 because I know he'd be a top 10 quarterback but I think with a new coach and Brandon Staley, I just didn't know what kind of um, offense was going to be utilized well enough for him to respond and be so good. But for, you figure for the games that they played, you know, outside of probably some missed calls, some bad calls, some miscues against Dallas, we're talking about a 5-0 and Los Angeles Chargers team with Herbert throwing for nearly 1,600 yards thus far after five games. You talking about impressive? That is highly impressive. Mind you, he's, I believe, fourth or fifth between, uh, behind, I should say, Tom Brady and Derek Carr. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's still the fact that when you're talking about Justin Herbert in his second year, this man is outstanding for what he does with this offense struggled against Cleveland's defense, but found a way to win late. The man throws for almost 400 yards has five touchdowns. What? Justin Herbert, four passes, one rushing. We can, we make the argument that he could be the NFL MVP this season. Can we make that argument now? Is it too soon? As much as I like Josh Allen, what he did against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night, and we and they had an hour delay. They had an hour thunderstorm delay, and Josh Allen still spanks up on Kansas City in Kansas City in bad weather. That man throws for over 300 yards and throws for three touchdowns. I believe he rushed for one more. This is impressive for such young teams, such young squads to do so well with the teams that they're respectively on. They've found coaches that can make things work. They are impressive in how they play and how they execute, even in bad weather. And considering the fact that Kansas City was favored, I said it was a coin toss because of the spread being two and a half points. But Buffalo said early in the week that this is not the same Buffalo team as last year. And you know what? I'm all in on that, which is why I said that Buffalo is the best team in the AFC. Stick it to my guns. No offense to the L.A. Chargers or anybody else coming out of the AFC. I know what I get from the Buffalo Bills. I know what I'm getting from Josh Allen, that offense. I know what I'm getting with the top five defense there in Buffalo, run by the defensive coordinator, uh, Leslie Frazier. We've got, we've got our Super Bowl team on the men on the rise right now. You can say what you want to the commission. I don't care. They are 4-1 as well. They are ahead of that division. This is impressive. They've won four straight. What else could I? Have, what else do I need to say about the Buffalo Bills? That's going to make people change their minds. Everybody's all in on the Chargers. They're the best team in the AFC. Really? Okay, maybe they are to some. But I know where the Bills were last year. I know where the Bills were a game away from the Super Bowl. I didn't see that with the Chargers. So the Chargers have to earn their stripes the same way the Bills earn their stripes. So let's see what happens with that Charger team down the road. Still like the Chargers, but I'm 
feeling. I'm all in. Chips all in on the Buffalo Bills this year. Best team in the AFC. 15 missed extra points this season. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. 15 missed extra points for week five. Week five. Never mind the season. Five weeks in is probably a lot more than 15 missed extra points. What are you... What's with these kickers? How hard could it be for a kicker to go out there and kick a ball through a goal post? And of course, I can say that because I haven't kicked in years. But it's like, come on, man. You got paid to do one thing. You sit on that bench more than anybody else in the league on a team. And your one job is to go out there and kick a winning field goal, kick the extra point, and you struggle to do that? What's, What's the excuse? What are you so concerned about? You're afraid the wind may take it? You're afraid of where they may plant the ball? If I'm a kicker and I'm going out there to kick a field goal, I'm tuning everybody out. I got earplugs on. I'm just waiting for the movement of the ball. I'm waiting for my man to spot it. And I'm just going to kick it the way I've been kicking it all these years. It won't be any difference from college to where I am in the pros. Just do you. Mason Crosby misses three field goals. Uh, the rookie for Cincinnati misses two. And then I see these guys missing field goals with, um, oh my goodness, I think it was um, Kansas City was missing field goals. And there's been a lot of teams doing it. I mean, come on, how much are you paying these kickers to be a, a part of this organization? How much are they getting? Because for what they're pay, getting paid to do, I can go out there and do the same thing. Sign me up. Let me stretch my legs out. It's been a few years since I've kicked the ball. But, you know, take me up. Put some uh, some injections in me. I'll be ready to go, coach. Just put me in there. So says the commish. <laughs> so says the commish, man. Uh, what can I say? Um, props to the Dallas Cowboys and Tampa Bay Buccaneers for outstanding games themselves. Um, with Dallas, what can you say about Dallas? They took on the division foes and the Giants really laid out. They laid out poor Danny Dimes, man. That dude get up, came up from a blow. He was staggering off the sidelines. Somebody should have helped that man. If he had felt, if he had fallen out in the middle of the field, that might have been funny for a few seconds. But you would have to worried about the uh, health of Daniel Jones at that point. Dallas still finds a way to win. Dak Prescott looks sensational. Ezekiel Elliott has come back down to earth and is running the ball full steam ahead. They've got a great offense and a outs—I won't say outstanding, but an impressive—I'll say impressive defense there in Dallas. They're doing something, doing something right. I'll give credit where credit is due, even though I can't stand Dallas. I'll give Dallas some props for doing what's right right now. So I'm going to shout out the Cowboys for two seconds. Now I'm moving on to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady throws five touchdowns. Say what? Tom Brady throws five touchdowns against the Miami Dolphins. Uh Uh-oh. If you're a Miami fan, if you listen to the sound of my voice, as much as I like the Dolphins, as much as I like Coach Flores, I'm going to say, uh-oh. I don't know. This this may be the beginning of the ending for Coach Flores. I hope not. I'm not wishing this on the man. I like Coach Flores and what he did last year with that team. But I think since they picked Tua Tungavailoa a few years ago in the draft to where we are right now, they're not looking any better. If anything, they probably regressed from last year. 
So I don't know offhand what we're going to get from this team this year. But nonetheless, Tampa Bay went out there and shellacked poor Miami. Miami is in a world of trouble, but Tampa Bay is sitting pretty at 4-1 themselves. Listen, good football. I, I can't go. I can't say enough about football. I'm looking forward to Week Six already. I'm going to transition from the games to Coach John Gruden, who is now the former head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. He was fired as of Monday due to a number of emails that stem from racist, sexist, anti-gay, misogynistic remarks that he made on these emails. And I made mention the last show regarding Urban Meyer and his reckless behavior during uh, this season, during the game uh, last Thursday night, I think it was about a week ago, when the Bengals played the Jaguars. He did not travel with the team stayed there in Ohio to, I guess, spend time with family and friends, and they found him canoodling, if that's the word, with uh, a female patron that he may, might have, or may have known him. Who knows? But the point is, he was reckless in his behavior. He was reckless with how he handled himself with this woman. He was seen uh, dancing with her and and all different types of crap, stupid stuff, whatever you have you. And he apologized for his behavior with this particular woman, of which the owner, Shah Khan, came out and made mention that it was unacceptable and inexcusable. And so, of course, Irvin apologizes. We had John Gruden apologize Sunday night due to an email that was forward at that time back in 2011 to, we believe, uh, former president of the Washington football team, Bruce Allen, regarding Demaris Smith, who is the NFLPA president, chairman, uh, which he made racist comments regarding him and insulted his, insulted his intelligence. Also had other emails out there floating, uh, somewhere over 650,000 emails, this man had placed out there in cyber world there in the NFL for people to read. Now, what's bothering about this? Maybe a little bit more so than the fact that John Gruden had to show his arrogant, idiotic, racist, sexist, chauvinistic, misogynistic side of him to say some outlandish, heinous remarks regarding people what bothers me, two things really bother me here. One, he came out and said he's not a racist. Please. For anybody to have to come out of their mouth and say they're not racist, chances are you are sure as hell a racist. You could say what you want. You could word it any way you want to. I don't have a racist word in my body. Yes, you do. It's just the fact that you don't want to accept the fact that you have this, 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 this ego maniac-ish attitude, you got this arrogant, um, disrespectful, demoralizing behavior against people, preferably black people, 
preferably gay people that you just feel like you have to just shoot off shoot off your tongue the moment you something comes to mind and then you talk to other people that are probably the same way i'm pretty sure that these comments that he made were not the com- were not comments made to people that were not racist because what would be the point of that so i got to believe with these 650,000 emails that are floating out there in cyberspace for these league executives to find we know what type of character he was and there are a number of players including Keyshawn Johnson that would say just that we knew what type of person he was but how we glorify this man in the NFL is what really bothers me the most because in spite of what other people know of John Gruden It's the fact that an organization like the NFL could sweep it under the rug. I think the only reason why we're not sweeping it under the rug now is because he had something to say about Roger Goodell. Oh, now hold on now. You can't talk about the man in charge. And I don't have specifics as to what was said, but the point I'm making is this. You knew what type of man John Gruden was, whether he was in the league or outside the league. You knew what he was capable of over the years that he'd been within the league as a coach. But yet we still find a way to turn a blind eye to these type of situations, these type of issues, as if there's of no concern to anybody else. Well, let me just make this point. The commission is going to make the point right now that if you're a part of any type of business, you have an out, you have have an image, you, you have this outlook towards other people you have to maintain and uphold. And in spite of your racist, sexist, misogynistic, anti-gay ways, we still have to be respectful and honorable to the people that are part of this program, part of this this organization. The NFL's been around for over 100 years. And the problem is that we let things slide because uh, John Gruden's my boy, or John Gruden is somebody I've grown up with, or John Gruden was real cool with my dad, or John Gruden was the man at my wedding. Listen, all that is great, all that is nice, but the man is still a racist. It's still the fact that this man took it upon himself to say the things that you would not say in public to other people around you. There are just things that you have to keep hush, that you should keep silent. And even if he is or is not a racist person, do yourself a favor. Shut your mouth, keep it to yourself, and then keep all that at home where it should be. There's no reason why emails need to be sent to anybody within the organization to put you in this position. But see, if you don't fear consequences, if you don't fear the repercussions of what the NFL is going to do to you, this is what you got. And he may not be the only person in the NFL right now that is of this person, this, this behavior. But it's the fact that we can turn a blind eye knowing that they exist We saw the issue we had at Washington where you had 15 plus executives basically sexually harassing women. Where does it stop here in the NFL? I appreciate what Goodell is doing to this point by acknowledging the fact that black lives matter. But There's a lot of other things that matter, too. And right now, the image of the NFL matters. These coaches and players that have to put up with these idiots there in the NFL matters. The fans that spend their money to see their teams play should be able to watch a team that they favor 
to know that these players or coaches or GMs or owners don't need to be there because of their behavior. It started with him being fired. I'm so glad to God that it's happened. Now we've got to move on. So says the commission. I'm running out of time. So much more I can talk about with John Gruden, but it starts here, ladies and gentlemen. And I think the work is now in swing. With that, I will say thank you very much to all the fans out there that have been listening to this point. means so much to me. I will go into specifics later with the upcoming week six schedule. Again, I am the commission, and you have been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. I want to end this by saying peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated, people. It's real. And I'm out.